This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Lift every voice and sing till earth and heaven ring. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so the siege downstairs. You know, Chief Art Acevedo, there, there's going to be two things that the city of Austin and the city of Houston has in common. And that is Chief Art Acevedo. Bad leadership and the tale of two cities. You shoot the family dog. And let the dog yell and cry for help for about 45 minutes. Then chase the dog and shoot him in the head instead of getting him help. They don't think you're stupid. They actually, they actually know you're stupid. Now picture this. You're laying down. You're sleeping. This is a, a weekday. Weekday morning. It's between 5 a.m. and 6 a.m. in the morning. You're pitch dark. No lights are on inside the home at all. It's all nice and quiet. You're sleeping. You're dreaming. You're thinking, you know, you're, you're not thinking anything because you're actually dreaming. And all of a sudden, you hear bombs going off in your house and voices screaming. And that's what you hear. You wake up to that. Also, you hear someone screaming inside the house. It's it's your mother, your mother screaming. And this is a scream that you never heard before. And so you grab your rifle and run towards uh, your mother to see what's wrong and what's going on. And mind you, this all takes place in 20 seconds. We're talking 20 seconds. Between the time the first bomb and you fire that shot, it's 20 seconds. What would you have reasonably what would a reasonable person have done in a situation like that? Put yourself in, 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 in that situation. You're at home. You're sleeping. All of a sudden, you hear all this noise, this ruckus. You don't hear anything about law enforcement. You don't hear anything else. You think, man, this has got to be a home invasion. This, this is it. This is what I, I've seen on the news. I mean, someone's trying to you know, take my, trying to break into my, my family's home and take my life and my family's life. My mother is screaming. I need to go to her help. And this is what, you, this, this is what you're experiencing here. So this is my question to you guys. You know, what would you what would a reasonable person done in a situation like that? Now, 
I want you to listen to this. It turns out the flashbang, which is designed to catch you off guard. The flashbang is designed to confuse you. The flashbang is designed to blind you. The flashbang is designed to render you deaf. So you can't hear or see what, what is going on. So, of course, you grab the first gun you can get your hands on. And you start laying down fire to protect your mother and defend your house. The whole purpose of the flashbang, people, is to catch you off guard, to blind, make sure you're deaf, confuse you, disorient you. That is what it's designed to do. You wake up to this, you think, oh, my God, someone's trying to kill me and my family. In two minutes, a police officer has been shot. The family dog has been shot, but it gets worse. Listen to this. I want you to listen to right when the officers walk up to the door. I want you to listen to inside the vehicle. The officers thought that they were projecting over a microphone. They thought that their voice was coming out over this megaphone that was so strong and so powerful that everyone inside the home and the house behind it could hear them, could feel what they were saying. But that wasn't true. What was happening in, inside the vehicle is the microphone wasn't turned on. Wasn't turned on at all. And so all you heard was bang, bang, bang. Ladies and gentlemen, this situation was such a cluster that the neighbor next door grabbed his rifle, you know, thinking, oh, my goodness, what is going on? And he decided to pull out his rifle, you know, because he's like, wow, what's, what's happening here? What did he do? The police arrested this guy. Take him to jail as well. But listen to this. It's coming. I want you to listen to it.
Police search warrant. One zero zero two borrow. All right, so what you hear right there, go ahead and pause that. Pause it. What you hear right there is you hear within the vehicle, a lieutenant is saying police search warrant and giving the address and the, the side of the house they're focusing on. But the problem is that's not coming out over the microphone. Only thing they hear inside the home is bang, bang, bang from the grenades, the, the smoke bombs that are going off inside the house. About five or six bangs is all they hear because the incompetence of the lieutenant inside the vehicle, the lieutenant never turned on the microphone. So the people in the home never knew that there were law enforcement outside. So what happened? This young man grabbed a rifle and fired shots at home invaders that were breaking into his home. Protecting his mother who was screaming. That is what happened. We got to look at the big picture. We got to stop with these no-knock raids. We're talking about a search warrant. We're not talking about an arrest warrant. We're talking about a search warrant. Where you think that someone has committed a crime. So instead of, you know, let's, you know, let's play chess for a second. Instead of, you know, let's wait until this person comes out and they're going to work or going to school, and let's catch them then. No, they don't do that. Instead, we send, what is it? Was it 10 officers? Was it 10? How many, how many SWAT officers? Someone step up to the mic there and tell me, how many SWAT officers did they send to this house? 20. 20? 20 officers 20. were involved in that raid. Twenty, Ladies and gentlemen, 20 officers involved in a raid at someone's house and... This more officers went to this house than they went to Osama bin Laden. That's what we're talking about. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hello, this is Gerald Darty, and I'm the Precinct 3 County Commissioner here in Travis County, and you're listening to Come and Talk It. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. That's right. We have the tale of two cities. Uh, the two cities that you know have one thing in common. That's going to be Austin and Houston. And we're talking about Chief Art Acevedo. We're talking about bad leadership because, you know, an officer has been shot and a dog has been killed. And this is all because of bad leadership. That's what it boils down to. So let me welcome to the mic and, and welcome to come and talk it. Uh, the family, uh, Peter Harrell and Lisa Harold, uh, who were, you know, the mother and the father of that home of the home invasion you just heard. Uh, so, Lisa, welcome to come and talk it. Good afternoon. Absolutely. So, Lisa, tell me a little bit about yourself um, and then want to get into what happened that morning uh, at your home. Well, I'm just pretty much an average person. <laughs> Work for the state, um, have a son, I'm married, um, still working, and that's about it. Right. And, and so, you know, you guys are at home, you know, this particular day. It's, it, it's early in the morning. It's like between 5 a.m. and 6 a.m. 
And then I kind of want you to take it there, you know, for us. And by the way, our call-in number is 512-543-2284. That's 512-543-2284. Call me. So I got up in the morning, and I was going to the restroom. I had woken up to go to the restroom and um, went to the restroom, came out, and the first thing I heard was the front door being bashed open. Mm. And then the flashbang started, and it seemed like, they went on and on and on forever. And then next, then I dove for the floor, and next thing I know, Tyler comes out, and he starts shooting down the stairs. And um, at this point, we don't even know who it is. We have no idea who's there. And um, so then he stops, and he yells down the stairs, who is it? Who is it? And then he stopped and um, went to his room, put his gun down. We waited, we waited. Didn't hear anything, didn't know who was outside. It got very, very quiet. Um, and then the next thing, they started making the announcement that they were the police. We waited again and waited again, and then they finally told us to come out with our hands up. So, And, we, and then the funny thing is, mm-hmm. in the, the, the time frame of when you watch the video, from the time that they entered the home, you know, with the big bang, and start dropping bombs, boom, 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 and he fired that first shot. It was 20 seconds. Right. Yes, it was. It was pretty quick. It 20 was. 20 seconds. And, and, and no time, y- you didn't hear anything inside the home that, to let you know that was a law enforcement officer. Absolutely nothing. And I was awake. I never heard any announcement. I heard nothing. And so you were wide awake. You right. woken up. You are getting ready to start your day. It wasn't like you were laying in bed and all of a sudden you roll out of bed and, and just was in shock. Correct. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's amazing to me. All right. So, uh, so then you, you finally hear the announcement. And then what happened? Uh, well, they told us to come out with our hands up, and we did, and they made us walk backwards down our driveway and um, with our hands up, and then um, they took Tyler first, and then they handcuffed him, and then he got, well, no, I'm sorry, he got down on the ground, and he, at this point, he's in his boxer shorts, and they pulled him by his legs and dragged him backwards on the ground, and then finally cuffed him. He was already subdued. And then they made me come down the driveway backwards, um, and uh, then they cuffed me and put me in a police car wow. for, yeah. I guess, maybe four hours. And so, and where was Dad at this time? You know, Mr. Uh, Peter, Mr. Harold. By the grace of God, I was uh, not there at the time. I would have been killed myself probably. Why do you say that? Because they came in through the back door. Uh, we do have weapons. We are Second Amendment people. I taught my son and my wife how to hunt and shoot when my son was nine years old. We've been hunting for the past. I've been hunting for over 50 years. So I had a shotgun by my bed. I wouldn't have heard who it was. And incidentally, I taught, since I've worked for the state myself over uh, 20 years, I travel. I've always taught my son, if somebody comes in this house and you don't know who they are, you protect your mother. So he did exactly what I asked him to do. Mm. So through incompetent leadership, through lazy forensic police tactics, an officer was injured. My wife could have been killed. A dog of 12 years was killed. Mm. And the house that we spent 20 years trying to get to, to better ourselves, to move to a nice neighborhood, was destroyed when all they had to do was ask him to come with them two hours later when he was on his way to school. Mm. I'd like to have your audience understand this could happen to you. We're no different from you. And, and, and it just it blows me away because, you know, the dog was inside the home, your family dog. 
Um, and all of a sudden, the dog gets shot. The dog is crying, yelling. The dog runs into the bedroom uh, and, and hides between the wall and the bed. Yes. And then the dog goes into the bathroom, still yelling and crying. And the dog winds up outside, still yelling and crying. And then instead of getting the doll help, the police shoot the dog in the head and actually execute this dog. And and the police wanted to say that Tyler shot the dog. But the dog was actually first injured by the flashbangs that they threw in. Mm. Because we found blood on the floor, forensic evidence of blood on the floor from the dog with the flashbang. So the dog was probably running upstairs to protect his mom and Tyler when... The cops shot him because they were shooting up the stairs. Mm. Most of my son's, uh, the, the bullets from his rifle were in, in such an area that it would have hit the dog. So it was just lie after lie after lie. It was lies in court. That just the, just the, just the leadership. I, I, just, I just want people to understand that the incompetent leadership gets people killed, whether it's in Houston, Dallas, wherever. There are people living in these houses right beside of us who could have been killed? A pregnant lady hiding in our closet. They never went even over and even talked to them doing all this. And she she was pregnant in, in about her eighth month, of, six or seven month of pregnancy. And they had to go hide in the closet and were never told what was going on. Mm. And it was amazing to me because the neighbor next door, uh, there's a neighbor that came out with a rifle. That's correct. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about that? Um, when after I had been arrested, I was sitting in the police car, in the back of the police car, <clears throat> and I saw somebody walking, doing the same thing we did, basically, hands up, walking backwards, and then they arrested him. At that point, I had no idea who it was, and then later found out it was our neighbor. And Because the neighbor heard the noise that you heard. Yes, exactly. Neighbor, the neighbor had no idea right. that there were police outside. Right, and the neighbor, the, the police were going through their yard and through their fence to get in our backyard. And see, the, the thing about this is scares me so much because, you know, I have, you know, I have dogs. I have, I have three dogs, and my dogs, they listen to everything. And I, I've said this like a thousand times on the air here on this show. It scares me because my dogs can sense everything, and if they alert me there's something going on, you know, that's the first thing I'm going to do is grab my gun and start firing rounds. <laughs> yeah, Oddly enough, I never heard the dog bark mm. the whole time. Really? I mean, I, I don't remember him barking. Probably shocked yeah. the dog, yeah. surprised yeah. the dog. Yeah. What? He'd been hit by the flashbang. That's one reason he couldn't bark. He was incapacitated right. already it, because they came in with what, how many? Five flashbangs? Was it five mm -hmm. all together? Yes. I it was. Let, yeah. Let's let's uh, let's roll the tape. Police search warrant one zero zero two Morrow number one. Police search warrant one zero zero two Morrow. Number one, police search warrant. One zero zero two Morrow. Number one, police search warrant. One zero zero two Morrow. Police search warrant. Keep rolling, keep rolling. I want you guys to listen to this because the microphone is not being projected outside the vehicle, so no one hears what she's saying outside the vehicle, just inside the vehicle. We have shots fired. Again, send us some units. What happened? One officer hit. One officer 
Give me the gas gun! Gas gun! This is a cluster. There's no training whatsoever. Complete cluster. Single, single, single. I'm coming, I'm coming. Get on the east side of the house. Here, here. Where's the officer? Where's the officer? Move back, move back. Move back. Move it back. Who's who's hurt? Who's hit? When you, when you, when you watch this video, when you watch it, you, you you see the officers running from the scene. It's a complete cluster. This is this is just insane. It's I'm just so shocked of the lack of training, you know, that these officers have with this type of equipment. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talking. This is Chloe on Noir, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right. So we talked about, you know, this is four. This is like five, six o'clock in the morning. Uh, You hear the bang, bang, bang. You think someone's breaking to your home. It's a home invasion. You grab your gun, you fire shots. And then after about two minutes in, you realize that it's law enforcement. So listen to this. One, zero, zero, and right there, they're saying, hey, the PA is not working, Lieutenant. Lieutenant, the PA is not working. They're saying LT. And at that point, they realized, you know, we're, we're almost three minutes into this, that, they, that nothing's coming out of the PA. These people have no idea that this is law enforcement outside their home. The neighbors have no idea this is law enforcement. Yeah, Mike, they said um, you're not coming out over the PA, which is extraordinary, that they did not have the mic cued and the equipment properly, uh, properly assembled and <clears throat> organized to conduct this raid professionally to ensure that first they would get the full acquiescence of the persons inside so that they would avoid a potential uh, that they actually caused, in this case, a gunfight. The whole idea is to get people so that they're alert that enough that there are the police officers on the premises. The flashbangs at that point, once you've alerted them, are only useful if you're trying to attack them. Mm-hmm. But you the have whole, to- and the whole purpose of the flashbang is to catch you off guard, is to confuse you, is to you know disorient you, is to <laughs> make you deaf. You know that's the purpose of the flashbang. And so that's exactly what they accomplished. <laughs> they deafened Tyler by throwing five flashbangs in the house, one of which was detonated adjacent to his ear in the bedroom where he slept. Uh, upstairs by attachment by attaching the flashbang to a thing they called the bang pole. So Tyler was effectively 
a combat ineffective by the, the police officer's own tactics and his reaction to that kind of attack, given the circumstances, his mother screaming and the unknown assailants, uh, was absolutely rational in a Texas kind of context where it's we have the castle doctrine and we live and die by that. So it's to me, it's just extraordinarily irresponsible to find the police department engaging in tactics that uh, promoted a gunfight. And and just and to shoot the dog and to you know to shoot the dog, watch this dog yelling, scream for about forty five minutes instead of getting the dog help, you know, taking the dog to the vet. They actually shoot the dog in the head in the backyard and execute the dog. I'm just you know I don't know what to say to that. I have no idea. I just I don't know what to say. You know, and what we're talking about, we're talking about no-knock raids. What we're talking about is this was the Austin Police Department. This was about a year ago, a little over a year ago, two years ago, almost three years ago. (laughs) And this happened in North Austin. And this was under Police Chief Arasavedo, the same police chief that's dealing with the same situation similar to this in Houston. Same thing. You know, this is a leadership problem. We're not I'm not picking on law enforcement. I'm not saying, you know, and, and for all I know, this officer that was shot was a great officer. I'm not picking on law enforcement. What I'm saying is there's an issue with leadership. There's an issue when you have a lieutenant sitting in a vehicle that is so incompetent that she doesn't even know that the microphone's not even on. You're not projecting. Your voice is not coming out. That is ridiculous. There, there's no planning whatsoever that took place here. And I'd just like to add, <clears throat> and this is a court record in court. Uh, the officers who testified said that there was no people going back and forth to the house. They didn't find any drugs. They had no record of him selling any drugs. They had nobody that bought any drugs from him. But yet you're going to come and destroy our house, almost destroy the neighborhood with your all the Gestapo machinery they trotted out as in the bomb truck and in everything else. They impacted the whole neighborhood for half a day when they could have just, I reiterate again, served the warrant when the sun came up. And so let me and let me bring everybody up to speed here. So it turns out that the officers were executing a no-knock narcotic search warrant on a high school student who was living with his parents. And according to records and affidavits by the Austin Police Department, the SWAT raid was necessary because Tyler Harold, 18, was a major, according to them, a major drug dealer who posed a substantial threat to officers. Now, so riddle me this, though, Batman. So what what are we talking about? You know, a search warrant is what we're saying. This is a search warrant. This is not an arrest warrant. This is a search warrant. So the police just want to come inside your house and search the place because they suspect you of committing a crime. You're not under arrest. So why do we need SWAT to execute a search warrant with that much firepower? Does anyone know the job of a constable? Ask me that. What is a what is the purpose of us having constables in the state of Texas? Because the state of Texas is very unique when it comes to constables. The job of a constable is to serve those writs, is to, you know, go out and execute, you know, issues like, you know, things like this. You don't have you don't see constables going out 20 deep. You see constables going out one deep. This is a problem. This is a leadership problem. So, you know, I, I, I just need someone, you know, answer that question for me. But Skip, go ahead. Well, well, Michael, probably one of the more significant aspects of this entire event was the uh, collection of the, of, of the evidence to convince a magistrate that a search warrant 
in and of itself is necessary or, or, or that the government's entitled to, to come and seize property and invade a home. All right. So, uh, he, so they had to get a search warrant to justify you know, the no-knock raid. So what was the evidence of them getting in that search warrant? Well, if you ask me, um, I think there, were no, there was no evidence. Um, but, to, but they told the judge. But they told the judge that they had found some evidence um, that, in their experience, uh, was uh, a reasonable assumption could be made that it might have been marijuana. Mm. Um, but it was like little stems. Like it was re- it was remarkably could, little nothing. It, it, it could be from grapes. There were two stems that were not even the, the size of my pinky, the length of my pinky finger fingernail. Two stems that they had collected so out at, of garbage. At very best, at the very best, at the very worst, we're talking about someone that may have been possibly doing marijuana for personal use. At the I mean, very I mean, least, look they they didn't even they didn't even secure a gram of marijuana. It was, it was so infinitesimal. It was it was laughable. We presented that to the court, and the court, uh, I think, misinterpreted, misunderstood. The same thing that's going on in Houston is we're not so much concerned about whether or not the probable cause is achieved by the swearing of a police officer. We want to know whether or not. Evidence and the testimony of the police officer is credible because it can only rise to the level of probable cause to justify a search warrant if it's truthful. In Houston, we found out now through Art Acevedo's new edict that the uh, police officer down there lied in his search warrant affidavit. Mm. I contend the same thing happened here. The guy made a material misrepresentation about how much and and what the quality and qu- uh, quantity and character of this marijuana evidence was that he had collected. And I'd like to know who gave the, uh, who, where the anonymous tip came from. There's an anonymous. I mean, I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> there was an anonymous tip that came over the internet on a, on a, on a uh, um, tip line that's called. Uh, uh, and some of us call this swatting. <laughs> you know me, you know, I actually call this swatting, but hey, I'm just saying where the anonymous tip come from. We don't know. Um, the the uh, even though there's metadata that all of, that should have followed the anonymous tip since it was rendered over the internet right, on so the website. Pi- so if I'm pissed off at my neighbor, yeah. you know, because my neighbor, you know, parked in front of my house, you yeah. know, what I should do is call in this anonymous tip. You know, they go dig through his, tr- his trash, they find uh, some some little stems from some grapes or something like that. That's what and these then that's justification med- for them to get a warrant to send twenty police officers with a with two tanks yes. to just knock down the freaking house. Yes. That's exactly what happened. And it so was laughable. This, the evidence was laughable. This case goes to court. It goes to court for 30 days. This is crazy. In Travis a, County. It was a 30-day trial. A 30-day trial in Travis County, people. You guys missed this, let me tell you. You got to wake up and, and smell the coffee. A 30-day trial in Travis County, and then every day in, in, in the courtroom, they pack the courtroom with police officers in uniform. Yeah. They sure did. They had all of the... SWAT members in their full SWAT regalia with, you know, police written all across their shirts sitting directly next to the jury box. Now imagine yourself as a juror trying to weigh the evidence in this extremely important case where you're deciding if this person was justified in shooting and you have all of the cops' buddies with their guns and their full military uniforms staring down at you the mean, whole time. Let's let's call it what it is. They're in the ju- they're in the courtroom mean mugging the jury, intimidating <laughs> the jury uh, to make sure that the jury, you know, come you know, re- really render a verdict in their favor. That's what this boils down to. And that should have been a mistrial on its just basis right there. 
you're, when you have you have 15 to 20 police officers in the courtroom. What is what's the purpose of that? That's intimidation. It's absolutely that is intimidation. intimidation. We have court cases that actually talk about this. We sure do. And we, <laughs> we didn't just wake up and just I, <laughs> I mean, I just didn't wake up yesterday and decide, you know, I want to do this. This this is stuff that we've we've heard about before. Absolutely, and it happened in a court case that was just across the um, the hallway in the exact same courthouse, you know, years and years ago. And we look at that evidence and we look at that court case and we say, look, judge, this is not right. We should not be having SWAT members intimidating the jury in this way, and yet here we are with them doing that on mm. the day of deliberations. Wow, and and, and they, they were on duty. On duty. They were, they were on duty. On duty, getting paid. Yeah. Yep, yep. They were on duty, getting paid, verified through the statesman who wrote an article sometime in April and May of uh, last year. The police chief sent them over there with the intended purpose to try to intimidate that jury. Um, and I think they successfully did to some extent. Wow. And, and, and I, I, I've said it once. I'll say it again. They don't think you're stupid. <laughs> they know you're stupid. I'm telling you right now. They don't think it at all. They know you're stupid. The whole purpose of this is to intimidate the jury. I think it was an easy call on another issue. Uh, I am an African-American black man. My son is black, although they consider him to be white, but he is black as well. The, the people that this happened to in Houston, don't forget, are white. I shudder to think if the people that this had happened to it had been minorities in Houston, how many times have they been run over because they didn't have the money for representation. They didn't have anybody to advocate for them. We had friends who were flabbergasted at the behavior of this whole trial and everybody connected to it. They could not believe what they saw in court. So I'm just letting the audience know it is not what it seems like on television. It never is. You know why? Because the police, they're set up so in case something happens, they investigate themselves and they will determine that they didn't do anything wrong. The whole system is set up to protect the police officer, the judge, the district attorney, the police department itself, which is the investigation body. It's all set up to the poli to tech to protect the police officer. This is Michael Cargill and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Hey, this is AWR Hawkins, Breitbart News, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Talk 1370. I'll be singing when we're winning. I'll be singing. I get no doubt. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. You know, you got to dig deep sometimes. As bad as it gets, you have to dig deep. You have to pick the whole family up. You know, and my hat is off to the Harold family because, you know, this is a, a strong family that they're sticking by each other. They're standing together. And I, I just have a question for you. You know, were you able to get another dog? No, we did not get another dog. No, no. Another, we have a cat. Have the a cat, cat was there, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. But she survived. Um, no, we did not get another dog. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, and how is... um. How's Tyler holding up in all this? Tyler's doing fine. He's Cause, doing okay. Because Tyler's yeah. been locked up ever since this happened. Right, right. From day one. Yeah. He was four months into his 18th year. Now wow. he's 21. He turned 21. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 
And so uh, let's let's talk about you know like the Bearcat, you know, which is the the tank that was used by the you know the Austin Police Department. This militarization of our law enforcement um, and the position of the Bearcat, because everything is surrounding how the Bearcat was positioned, you know, and facing the house. And so I want to talk to Skip, you know, the attorney, you know, about that. Well, what we uh, determined, I think, through our review of the evidence prior to the trial um, was through a careful analysis, uh, we determined that the investigation conducted by the uh, Austin Police Department onto its SWAT operation in this particular instance um, misrepresented uh, the positioning of the most critical piece of evidence that they relied on, which is the Bearcat Mm. and its attendant a long-range acoustical device. That yeah, it's, it's designed to go through and just project, you know, as far as it can possibly reach. Yeah, that's a, this is this is much better than a microphone or it's megaphone. A me- it's a super megaphone, right? I think it's deafening, right? It's it says actually a warning on the back of the LRAD. Uh, has a warning, don't stand in front of this while this thing is operating because it's it, dangerous, it hazardous to your health. Literally, can make your ears bleed. It's so loud. It's loud. It's a weapon, isn't it? It it can be used, I guess, in some context if you were able to narrow the beam sufficiently to to cause a shock um, effect on a target downrange. But I don't think it's used uh, employed in that context. And at least this particular model's not. What was troubling was that um, during the raid, and you can hear it on the video when you play back um, that video again. You'll hear the uh, toward the end. You'll hear the uh, driver say, "Let's move the Bearcat to the east side of the building." Mm. They actually do move the Bearcat to the east side of the building, and that's where they finally figured out that the microphone, the microphone wasn't, wasn't turned on, and so that's the position from which they actually um, made the contact with the family inside over using the LRAD. They and, finally heard and it. As soon as the family heard the announcement inside the house, they came out immediately. That's correct. That's correct. Immediately, hands up. Just like they asked, but instead, what the uh, what the investigation uh, was led to believe by Lieutenant Pruitt and some of her other people was that that was the position that the Bearcat had always been in during the conduct of the raid. Now, was she so incompetent? I can't believe anything she says. Well, she's she's a difficult difficult leader and probably ought not Completely be, incompet- be uh, in that position. And when you, you have to listen to this because when you're listening to the tape, you're listening how the subordinates are talking to the lieutenant, like you know, this is a complete idiot. Well, I think they were disappointed. Uh, I think they were consumed by the circumstances. They weren't uh, trained uh, specifically on that particular and raid this, site. And this is not a lieutenant. When you're in the military, you know, I served 12 years in the Army. When you're talking about a lieutenant, you're not. You're talking, oh, my goodness, a lieutenant in the Army. This is someone who's 19, 20, 21, 22, whatever. This is a young person. This is not what we're talking about. We're talking about a lieutenant that's in the police department that's been there you know, between 10 years or 20 years. This yeah, is an experienced senior. person. They're very senior, and she'd been doing it for quite a while. Her sole role was to... Boy, if that's quite a while. Boy, I call, well, I call bull. She's been a, a SWAT commander for, I would say, probably a decade. Uh, if I'm off by a year or two, I'm sorry. Mm. Uh, the fact of the matter is her sole role, really, at that stage during that raid was to operate that long-range uh, acoustical device and she failed miserably at it. Mm, 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 what we determined in the investigation was that not only was the microphone not turned on according to, as you heard the the, the driver or the other people around the, the Bearcat exclaim to her, um, but they had positioned it in its original positioning uh, when it showed up on the scene was, it was the, the LRAD, the megaphone wasn't even pointing at the right house. So all of the area outside the cone of Projection is 
is degraded signals, degraded sound can't be really discernible to somebody who's in a in 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 behind masonry. Right. Um, so the lie that was told was that got us to this trial was that this machine was mounted on that Bearcat, oriented as it was uh, when it had been moved and the sound was effective, not where it was located when the raid commenced and the sound was ineffective. Mm. Had they been truthful, they would have found out that, wow, we botched this thing and Tyler shouldn't have been tried because of their ineptitude in the execution of that search warrant. It that, was extremely violative of the Fourth Amendment. But that's what happens when you allow the police department to investigate themselves. This is the only entity, the only place on the planet that you allow this group of people to investigate themselves and clear themselves of any wrongdoing at all. Yeah, it's problematic. I think the Rangers are probably the ones that ought to be handling these kinds of investigations. They're sufficiently insulated from the politics internal to the city, internal to the uh, jurisdictions, and they can they have the same jurisdictional powers of subpoena and what an investigation as anybody else. In fact, most of the evidence that's collected um, gets sent to DPS for analysis if there's analysis to be done on it. So they're the perfect entity. The other thing I wanted to mention, Mike, um, is that um, in this search warrant discussion um, that I think is starting to bubble up as a result of Art Acevedo's um, suspension of the use of, of search of no-knock search warrants until they've got a better handle on what the procedures really are, um, and they'll only be reviewed at the very highest levels. I think that one of the things we, we need to talk to um, is just what capacity and what, what, in what way um, evidence ought to be presented to a magistrate um, when asking for a search warrant, seeking a search warrant. We still rely on 1930s kind of technology where magistrate is, uh, a, police comes, a police officer comes to a magistrate and swears that what he's telling is the truth. When we, in the 21st century, we have sufficient indications that those kinds of oaths are just ineffective with several different kinds of police officers. Honest ones is probably fine, but we have too many instances and examples of dishonest cops misusing that authority and that procedure. And I think now with the, you know, we've got, we've got um, cameras on all these different devices. Right. They're readily available. We should be, and they don't require, a, a, you know, a developing uh, store or anything like that. They ought to be submitting actual evidence for the magistrate to look at to see whether or not the, the evidence rises, is credible, is even believable, is not laughable. In Tyler's case, this was laughable information. If the, if the magistrate had seen it, he would have laughed them out of the, out of the office. They'd get out of here with that nonsense. And That's I'm, not dope. And I'm shocked that the jury even bought this. I'm shocked that the jury, you know, listened to this information. I listened to this stuff for, you know, less than five minutes. And it was just, I was floored. I was in shock. You know, and, and I, I tell people in our classes all the time, you know, I'm telling you right now, you know, you the worst thing you want your your case to, to go, you, you really do not want it to go to the jury. Because I'm telling you, juries are stupid. They really are. And they and, do and, a lot of inexplicable things. And we thought it was inexplicable that they could return a guilty verdict after they returned three verdicts of not guilty. They determined that Tyler was not guilty of attempted capital murder of a police officer. We proved that he was not trying to kill a police officer. We proved that Tyler was not trying to kill anybody, but the second count was uh, attempted capital murder. Yeah, you, and the, you you go through you know you go through use of force and daily force. You say what was a what would a reasonable person you know believe you know would be justified in a situation like that, and you know and you break it down and you know you didn't hear anything. All you heard was boom, 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 boom. I'm under attack. Well, the prosecution did make a 
make an argument that, well, you should have known that if hand grenades were being thrown, that those must have been the police. It's, but again, it's I come had on. No it's idea the police use hand grenades, right? It's like, like come I on, watch, man. You this don't is the, first, this is the first video I've seen this. You know, but they did it with a, they did it with a straight face. You know, I could I, I appreciate that. You know, they do a straight face. But come on, it's laughable. Just like the way that it happened in Houston Police Department's last event, the rush to judgment to say that everything was done properly and done right. We had the same incident. We had the same issue here. And we've learned later on that it wasn't done properly, wasn't done according to the book, wasn't done by the numbers, but yet they proceeded nonetheless. Ms. Harrell, what would you like for people to know about your, about your son? Well, I'm actually very proud of my son. He's, he's hanging in there. Um, he's got his GED. He's taken his classes. He's signed up for welding classes. So he's, 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 he's stepped up and he's, he's, he's a man. He's a man now. But I miss him. And Mr. Harold, what would you like for people to know about your I'm son? I'm extremely proud of my son. Uh, always have been, always will be. I, I do feel uh, empathy uh, for the officer who was injured, but that's on his leadership. Yeah. That's what that's on. It's yeah. not on my son. My son did exactly what I told him to do, protect your mother, and he did a fine job of it, I think. And that's exactly what every Texan would do. That's exactly what everybody out there has been trained to do. We live in a state where the Castle Doctrine has is of largest play. And self-defense is such a huge thing in Texas, and we always talk about there's no duty to retreat. You have the right to protect. And when you hear your mom, you get woken up in the middle of the night by a flashbang going off by your head and your mom screaming. The first thing that any good son would do is jump up to protect his mom, and that's exactly what Tyler did in this case. As always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It, Michael Cargill. Keep your change. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.